Some people want their church to grow, and others don't. Some love a large church, and others feel overwhelmed. Sociologists of religion have identified many similarities and differences among different sizes of churches that may be surprising. Let's learn more about how different sized churches work on this episode of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. Churches come in all sizes. Larger churches are not just larger versions of small churches. Just like a human body is not a larger version of an amoeba or an earthworm, as an individual church grows, it changes in really important ways. The median size of a church in America is actually really small. It's hard to get exact numbers for this, but generally speaking, about 50% of churches are about 50 people or smaller. Churches that have more than 800 people, well, that's about 1% of churches. However, if we can put it this way, 50% of churchgoers go to really large churches. There's not many of those, but each one has a lot of people. According to religious sociologists, there are two big barriers that are hard for churches to grow past, 50 and 150 A tiny church maxes out at 50 people. That's the most people that you can pretty much know everybody who's there, and everyone has a voice and influence over pretty much everything. If you grow grow past 50, you can't know everybody, and not everyone can have a seat at the table of influence, and that is a big deal. When the church grows even larger, then 150 is the next ceiling. Between 50 and 150 the church can now hire a full-time pastor, and that changes a lot of things. Further, you can't, while you can't know everybody really well, below 150, you can certainly recognize the difference between someone who is part of the church community and someone who is a visitor. All over the world, for as long as we have been observing, that 150-person community is really, really significant. Any group larger than that has trouble recognizing everyone who belongs. And that changes the group dynamics tremendously. Furthermore, a single leader, the pastor, can have face-to-face contact with every person, if that's their full-time job. Everyone can have a personal relationship with the pastor, but beyond 150, the pastor's time and attention will not be available for everyone in the same way. As the church grows more and more, there's also a big transition about 300 people. That transition tends to be a little bit easier But the changes are felt in the way the community is structured and the focus of the community. Let me show you what I mean. In the smallest of churches, the people all care for themselves. But once they hire a pastor, the pastor becomes the primary spiritual caregiver. As the church grows even larger, the pastor's job shifts to making sure that all people have good spiritual care. And at some point, it's just not possible for one person to do all the counseling, the teaching, the conversations, the visiting. And as the church grows, it can be really painful and stressful for both the pastor and the members. As the church gets larger and larger, there will be more layers of management between most of the members and the pastor. In the small churches, the pastor does most of the work of the ministry that the church does. But as the church grows, he becomes a manager of those who do the ministry. And as the church grows even more, he leads the leaders who manage the workers of the ministry. And if the pastor cannot make these transitions 
the church will simply stop growing. And sometimes someone who is great at ministry is just not trained or gifted in management, and vice versa. They're different roles. As a church grows from small to large, communication will have to go from informal to formal, and from spoken to written. This transition is really hard for some congregations, but if a church is to grow, the communication must become more formal and written. That really loses the family feeling, but it allows for a much larger family. Actually, that's true in any group of people, bowling leagues, restaurants, government agencies, even churches. As a church grows from small to large, it grows. It goes from focusing on the present to focusing on the future. Small organizations are generally in survivalist mode, but larger ones have more resources. They move more slowly, and they can and need to be thinking about the changes that they want to make in the future. Volunteers in small churches are very easy to find because everyone chips in to help out with whatever needs to be done. The same person might help in the nursery and vacuum the floors and get communion elements ready. In larger churches, there is a feeling that, well, someone's going to do it. It's not my place to impose my ideas. My help wouldn't make much difference anyway. So it's actually hard to get volunteers in a large church, but volunteers are still highly valuable. So if you are in a large church right now, please volunteer. Also, in larger churches, volunteers tend to be highly specialized. So, for example, if you help to set up communion, you might be working with six or eight other people, and that may take several hours for all of you working together each week, and your job is only to fill communion cups. Or if your gifts lie more in counseling, you might lead a weekly grief counseling group, or you might spend your volunteer hours welcoming visitors and answering their questions. That kind of specialization only happens in larger churches. In a small church, maybe of about 50 to 150, the church is very focused around the pastor. In that size church, which is very common and popular, the pastor is fairly connected to each person and or family individually, and the church takes on the personality of their pastor. People join the church if they feel a personal connection with the pastor. As the church grows to between 150 and 250 people, the pastor is more of a manager And the church has sufficient size now that it has pockets of people who connect to each other without the pastor's involvement. And these micro-communities are doing some of the best ministry in the church. This is sometimes called an awkward-sized church because even though some good ministry successes are happening, they mostly happen in a ministry group like the children's ministry or the homeless ministry or the Sunday school. And the church is not large enough to coordinate these efforts or publicize them effectively. Nonetheless, these small groups are really the attraction to the church for most people rather than the pastor or the worship service. And then as the church grows larger than 250 or 300, the center of the church comes back to the pastor as the central draw. And the larger the church grows, the more social power the pastor has. People will join the church if they feel like the pastor is their champion or their prophet, priest, or king. Large churches also communicate the vision and the ministry successes really well, so the church feels more unified than is typical in medium-sized churches, and the corporate worship service is an event you just don't want to miss. It really makes you feel like you're part of something big. These churches have to work really hard, though, to make sure that people are well-connected because it is very easy for people to fall through the cracks. 
Well, each church has strengths and pitfalls, and it's good to be aware of them. If you're in a church that's growing, that can be really painful. The joys of a small church have to be traded in in order to enjoy the joys of a larger church, which are different. But you really do have to lose the joys that you had in a smaller church. However your church works, I hope you will get involved, support the leadership, serve the poor, and build God's kingdom in ways consistent with your church's size. Hey there, amazing listeners of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. I've got something special to share with you today. First off, if you are loving what you hear, do me a solid and spread the word. Tell a friend, a colleague, or even a neighbor about the podcast. It's the best way to help me grow and reach more people like you. And don't forget to hit the follow button yourself so you never miss an episode. Next up, I would love to hear from you. Your feedback means the world to me. Take a moment to rate and review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews will help others to discover the soulful goodness of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. And then, if you've got suggestions or corrections or you just want to say hi, shoot me an email. I am all ears, and I can't wait to hear from you. And now for something really exciting. I've set up a special opportunity for our dedicated listeners. If you've ever wished that you could binge on more Gospel Gumbo goodness without any interruptions, well, now you can. For just $5, you can unlock access to 10 bonus episodes and enjoy all the episodes ad-free. Just click on the link in the show notes to get started. Now, why is there an emphasis on downloads, feedback, and support? It's simple. The more love I receive from you all, the sooner I can roll out Season 2. So, thanks for being part of the Gospel Gumbo family. Your support keeps me going.